Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast <laughs> where we go over all of those amazing reality shows that were only unfortunately given one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezenite the Third, And I'm Meredith Bradbeck. Um, and join us as we delve into episode three of NYC Prep, Whatever Happens in Mexico, Ellipsis. I've been meaning to tell you, too, I really appreciate your smooth, you know, My nighttime. My easy jazz listening <laughs> yeah, exactly. voice. I got caught off guard. That's the reason we were laughing, is I didn't realize that she started the recording and I wasn't paying attention. Um, I've learned more tricks in GarageBand, though, so you don't need to do that anymore, and I've been meaning to tell you forever. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. And also, while we're here, happy birthday to my fave co-host. Thank you. And you guys, um, Mayor got me the most amazing birthday gift. She got me a copy of the book 12 by Nick McDonald. And we need to talk about the cast of this movie real quick. Uh, yeah, it is completely amazeballs. Um, we've got Chase Crawford, Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. Ellen Barkin, yeah. 50 Cent, and Emma Roberts. How, how did this movie go nowhere? I don't know. And it's directed by Joel, Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're going to watch it. Uh, 12 follows prep school dropout Mike or White Mike as he takes a year off to deal with an alluring new drug to his to deal an alluring new drug to his privileged peers on Manhattan's Upper East Side. But 12 is not a coming of age story because these kids <laughs> never had a childhood. Their parents are off on holiday in Bali or business in Brussels, leaving hired help to look the other way as the kids stay home alone in their multi-million dollar townhouses, sleeping around, getting high, and finally losing all control. It looks like the type of book you can read in a day too. So yeah, it also looks like the type of book that I should have written about my teenage years <laughs> and I'm kind of mad that I didn't <laughs> well you have another gift that's podcast related as well just hasn't arrived yet so we'll do that one next time well let's see he also wrote the third brother and an expensive education an expensive education sounds familiar I don't know interestingly also he wrote a non-fiction book called the end of major combat operations oh god <laughs> sounds like our last book club book he's reported from Harper's time Liberation on other publications from Sudan, Iraq, Afghanistan, and elsewhere. So I guess he's like a military kid that was like a trust fund baby. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you guys know. I also meant to ask, does Frankica have a theme this year? No, I've been um, so busy with like Italian class and the podcast and work and the gym that I haven't even really delved into Frankica that much this year. Yeah. It's been, it's been quiet. Um, the theme pretty much is just the 25th anniversary of my 21st birthday. <laughs> All right. That is I like the that. Theme. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I'll take that. All right. You're up on house cleaning. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we don't have a ton cause it's only been two weeks cause we are sticking to our schedule. Yep. On the eighth, um, Chris M mass C one, um, uh, tweeted us and said, I haven't purchased any of the NYC prep episodes, saw it originally years ago, but I may have to at least buy episode two so I can see the aggressive backsplash. <laughs> hashtag NYC prep, hashtag one hit wonderful. And I told Chris that I would take a picture um, of the screenshot of it and tweet it, and I will do that today, I promise. I'll Spe go back to that episode. Speaking of images for this show, I haven't been Instagramming because they're so hard to capture and even when i watch an episode and i try and screen grab they are low res they always have the bravo logo in them they're so annoying there's nothing on bravo like on the app or the website that you so can steal? even the old episode photos on bravo they exist but they're like sized for 2009 oh so when you go to the gallery they're itty bitty oh it's really annoying that's annoying i'm trying to figure it out 
We could just take them off the TV. I know. Um, and then Heather wishes Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, Heather. Um, and then Heather sent us a um, an all all an update, all of us an update, and I retweeted it that that Stephanie Pratt has a new podcast called Prattcast. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Everyone has a podcast now. Um, and then I tweeted Heather, and I won't like bore you guys with our back and forth, but. Um, uh, because I hadn't heard from her and I needed to know her latte situation. Right. Um, because we mentioned it. And so she <laughs> said, um, let's see. She said she only drinks them excessively when she's cramming them in on vacation. She used to drink one a day and she now goes days without them. Um, oh my gosh, is my pen leaking everywhere? I hope it didn't leak on the couch. Um, and then she also, then after listening, she responded again and said, P.S. She felt physically sick in Seattle when she was drinking three a day, even though they were 12 ounces as opposed to the usually 20 I get at Starbucks. Now, I have to say, um, Heather, I'm calling bullshit because you <laughs> post so much about lattes. I think you drink more than that. But you guys, it's impressive, and I'm shocked that you can sleep. She also, I forgot, had a really good um, observation on the previous episode that in the scene with um oh, with Taylor and Sebastian there's the scarf keeps junk, jumping back and forth between them oh yeah like Taylor's wearing it then Sebastian's wearing it then Taylor's wearing it so they they edit it not say, great okay but so, were they having like a little like cutie flirtation over who was wearing the scarf no i don't oh. think so oh Oh, meaning it's just like continuity error in the way. Yeah. That, oh, her. And she said now by the end of the scene, the scarf has reproduced, and they each have one on. I'm talking to the TV like a crazy person. So oh, like they got it, got it. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for house cleaning. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me, recovering from illness. A little coffee, maybe. So, our third bougie bio for this episode is one Sebastian Ugh. Oppenheim. Which is quite a name. That's a mouthful. You don't think it's just Oppenheim? It's, it's, it's still just a long name, front and back. Yeah. And I have a long name, too. Well, we actually. learned this episode that obviously his mother is the French one. Yes. Um, her name I can't even pronounce. It's like D-J-I-D-J-A. It's like Jija or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. I don't know. I had, it's a French name I hadn't heard of, but I didn't put it in my notes because I didn't want to be forced to say that. And then I just did. <laughs> So Sebastian, interestingly enough, was a student at this time, NYC prep time, at the Ross School, which is a private school in East Hampton. What? Yeah. So he, like, he basically kind of does what Kelly does, except he comes into the city on weekends, I guess. But I feel like we've seen him during the week, haven't we? That's what I thought. But then... Now I'm watching this with a new lens. He graduated from the Ross School in East Hampton. Weird. Yeah. Well, now we know why he was at the Hamptons over winter break. Yeah, exactly. That's so strange, because they're making it seem like he's around for more than just the weekends. Yeah. But maybe that's why on weekends he's always, like, out and about and doing all this stuff, is that, like his time is somewhat limited. So he's going to Magnolia Bakery and then he's going to Battery City and then he's having lunch with his dad. And like, it's why he looks like a man about town because he's only there for two days. Yeah, I guess. True. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, I feel deceived, Bravo. I feel deceived. I know. So 
The raw school, <laughs> this is from Wikipedia, but I just thought it sounded kind of funny. Their curriculum is based on world cultural history and the evolution of consciousness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, another thing they're famous for, in addition to the evolution of consciousness, is that they do this really big event benefit every summer. And some of the talent that has been booked for the raw school benefit includes... <laughs> Aretha Franklin. Whoa. The Jonas Brothers, Cindy Lauper, Prince. Oh my god. Dave Matthews Band, Billy Joel, James Taylor, and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Holy shit. Yeah. How much must it cost to go to this school? I can't even begin to fathom. I don't know. And then the only notable alums, at least, you know, to people like you and I, yeah. are Alexa Ray Joel. Okay, well that makes sense because that's where they live. So. And just for you, one Scott Disick. <gasps> oh, the Lord. Which is interesting because... But he grew up in the Hamptons, right? No, he grew up in the Hamptons, but like we were always led to believe that he didn't have money. Like his parents lived in the Hamptons, but they'd owned the house for forever, and it like really wasn't worth a ton of money, and like it, he made it seem like he didn't grow up with much, which is lies and allegations if you went to this Ross school. Right, so the plot also thickens on Sebastian, in my opinion. So he has a sister, Stephanie, which we didn't know. And then his mother is, of course, French. So his father is Jeff Oppenheim. And he's a theater and film director, producer, and writer. So I wanted to look up his credits. And he does have an IMDb profile. But it's a lot of very obscure documentaries, none of which I've heard of. And a movie called Funny Valentine starring Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. So. Where's their money come from then? Precisely. And what is this rumor of Sebastian having so much money? Maybe it's the mom's money. Maybe. But then later in this episode, when he goes to Kelly's house, he basically says, holy shit, your house is like a museum. He's like taken aback by it. So but was he taken aback by the size of it or the decor? I don't know. Probably the decor. Probably both. Because his house is probably a fourth of that size. I don't know. I mean, that could be family money. Yeah, it also could just be, I feel like the person who keeps talking about Sebastian's money is Taylor. And compared to her, who's like, she has two parents who are divorced and they both live in an apartment. Like, maybe to her it's just the, he says he goes to the Ross school and he's from the Hamptons and she just thinks that it means he has a ton of money. I think he does. I mean, he's clearly not broke, but I'm just saying, like, I thought his dad would have some crazy impressive credits. And there was no other listing for a job for him? Like, he doesn't do the producing on the side or something? There were, like, five things total. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Maybe the theater is what where he makes his money. Maybe. Because IMDb, I don't think, included theater. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's, like, a Broadway producer or something. Maybe. I don't know. So then in 2009, we've already discussed the Hitler incident. Yes. And the swastika incident. So we won't go into that. After graduating from the Ross School, Sebastian went to the College of Charleston in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, tracks. And majored in international relations with a concentration in Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just like that he shares that. Um, he worked as an on-camera reporter for the campus broadcast news station. Oh, God. I can only imagine. <laughs> can you imagine, like, his weather report? Like, so, check it. Hair flip. Hair flip. <laughs> Today's gonna be 65. <laughs> so bad. 
Um, so then in 2015, he was on Watch What Happens Live. Or he was the bartender, I guess, on Watch What Happens Live. And he was working to get his real estate license. And he was, at the time, in a steady relationship with a girl from college. And he was also working on pitching a show about food. It was like a side project. And he has this long statement about how he was pitching a show about how food opens up people to different cultures or whatever. Well, he was also on Watch What Happens Live recently. Yeah, this was an old interview on Bravo from 2015. Yeah. But I mean, like in the last year, he was on again. Yeah. Um, so in this 2015 interview, he says he wasn't, he's not still friends as of four years ago with any of his castmates from NYC prep, but because of his time in Charleston, he is friendly with R. Cooper Ray. Cooper. Really? Isn't he the weird, like, old man? Yes. Yeah. So I think what happened was Sebastian was like in one of his fashion shows or they met at one of those. Oh, what does he call that thing? What's that ball that Cooper does? I don't, yeah. That he makes up, yeah. basically? Yeah, I think Sebastian like went to that once or whatever. Gross. Yeah, exactly. Shocking that he didn't end up on Southern Charm. Yeah. Like yeah. that they didn't try to incorporate him in some fashion. Yeah, that would have been good. So he is now the head of real estate for June Homes. June Homes is a very interesting company. Um... So their tagline is a furnished home for 30 days or more. So it's a startup. So it's like corporate housing? Well, it's a startup from San Francisco and it says June Homes offers luxury private rooms in prime locations, no fees, streamlined approval process. So it's almost like Airbnb where you can like get a room in a nice apartment for a month while you're like looking for a more permanent place to go, I guess. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so there was that. I looked at the rooms. They're, you know, they're nice, but they look like nice Airbnbs. Like they're very stripped down and all that stuff. He has a steady girlfriend now. Her name is Skylar Bouchard and she is a host on the Food Network. Oh. Dining with Skylar. Oh, all right. Never heard of it. No. Yeah. So you can look at them both on Instagram and her show Dining with Skylar actually has a good number of followers. It's just her holding up plates of food. And I (laughs) mean, more power to her, but she's also like a twig. Oh. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't always add up for me. And she has a blog that's just called With Skylar because you don't only dine with Skylar, you also travel with Skylar and you do other things with Skylar. So it's like ellipsis with Skylar or something. Oh God. Yeah. So (laughs) according to her blog post, they moved in together in late 2018 and they adopted a dog who also has an Instagram. So they just moved in together. Yes. And they got the dog like the first week they moved in together. So great. She has all kinds of tips about how to live with your significant other. Well, I know where they can bury the dog. <laughs> Seriously. But that's a deal with Sebastian. All and right. He's still around on social media. So if anyone really wants to take a look. And what's his hair look like these days? Short. Oh, short. Yeah. Right. Do you want to see what he... Actually, I'll show you what he looks like now. Um, Is he still bulgy eyed and froggy looking? I'll let you make that call. I don't want to... Because I saw him on Watch What Happens Live when he was on most recently. Yeah. And I feel like I thought his hair was still longish. Yeah. I He's definitely... He looks the same, but he's... I mean, he's definitely cuter now that he's grown up. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, bulked up a bit, and he's... Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good-looking dude now. Yeah. He, I would not have... I mean, he's not, like, hot, but he's just, like, an average... Like, I thought he was hideous before. Right. And now I would... I would To me, him. he's kind of, like, a lower-rent Jason Waller. Yeah. In this photo, anyway. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like a melty Jason Waller. Right. Whereas Jason Waller now, like... Oh, yeah. dear God, but... Yeah, I can see that. So yeah, all right, I'm I'm more on board. He's definitely grown into himself. He, I mean, he still looks like a little, you know, New York City doucher. A yeah, bit, but that's his girlfriend. They're yeah. very all right. She's cute. Yeah, she's cute. Good for him, I guess. Yep, this is their puppy, whose name is Poppy. Oh, pretty husky. It's a toy Aussie, a toy Australian Shepherd, which oh. I didn't even know was a thing. Oh, it's like a Pomsky then. Yeah. Which I'm obsessed with. Oh my god, it's real cute. It is cute, yeah. Well, there you go. Congrats, Sebastian. You've got it all together. Oh my god, this dog is really cute. (laughs) Now the rest of the podcast is going to be us (laughs) reacting to this dog's photos. All right, but that's it on Sebastian, and we can get going on the rest of this fun stuff. Okay, so we are back in Jesse's living room, which we have now been in three times. They've used the same footage in all three episodes now. Must have been a long conversation with a lot of info dropped. Yep. Um, PC mm-hmm. is excited to go to Mexico with his friend JP to Cancun for winter break. Can we talk about his one confessional look real quick? Sure. He's wearing a lot of eyeliner. Yeah. In like a lot. His, yeah, yeah. In one of his confessionals. Yeah. It was specifically the one from yeah, this, this scene. scene. Yeah. It's noticeable. Like he looks like a goth. He, he looks like he's going on stage at a rock concert or yeah. something. Like, I'm here for it. It's a lot. Okay. Um, Jesse is excited to go to Palm Beach, which she then says South Beach. So I'm like, Jesse, well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't either. Because there's West Palm and there's Palm. There's no South Palm, I don't think. So. And Zoe's on the couch too, but she's pretty much just sitting there. Yeah. She doesn't really say much of anything. Yep. Um, and my favorite part of this is when the dog is barking to go out. And instead of taking the dog out, Jesse just screeches for the maid. Yes. To inform the maid that the dog needs to go out. Lulu, the dog, needs to go out, and she yells for the maid, Nella. Yeah. She actually walks the dog down the hallway, opens the door, and says, Nella, Lulu needs to go out. Yeah. Honestly, I would get a dog if I had that arrangement. Yeah, I was gonna say, it would be (laughs) real nice once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) Nella needs to go out. So... Another thing that is a reoccurring thing with this episode is that Camille is out doing really boring things. Yeah. (laughs) Camille got a rough edit this episode. Poor thing. She's not up to anything fun over the holidays. And stop number one is a chocolate store. And I can't remember who said it because I didn't write down which one of them called Sebastian Dapper. Was that Camille or Taylor? I don't know. Either one. I was like, no, he's not Dapper. So she's getting, it looks like some custom-made chocolate bars made for her family. I couldn't tell if it was custom-made chocolate bars or custom-made, like, trail mix. Yeah. Like, it seemed like they were adding, like, chips and nuts. There's a big sign that says, pick your mix-ins. But then the woman was clearly preparing to melt chocolate, I think. Oh, maybe if it was making bars, then I don't know. Yeah. For a hot second, I thought it was coffee, too. Yeah, and she said, my family always likes these. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I, yeah, anyway, not at all important. Also, I thought it was funny that the two that didn't go leave for t- or winter break were Taylor and Camille because Camille wanted to work on schoolwork yeah. and Taylor can't afford to. Right. I mean, they didn't say that, but that was obviously the gist of it. Right. And Camille starts asking Taylor about the her boy situation and who she likes more, Sebastian or Cole. 
And she says, well, all I can tell you is that you're cute with Sebastian. And then we get some confessionals of Taylor this episode where she talks about how much she wants to marry Rich. Yeah, and that was a, there was a lot of that this episode. There was. And it was gross. Yeah, and how, as, like, how important dating is to her social standing now that she's in a better school, basically. And it's just kind of sad, like... She's so young. Like, date the one who makes your stomach flutter and just call it a day. Yeah. You know? Like, it's it's creepy. Um, and then she says in her confessional that she doesn't know that she'll take advice from Camille because... And then I didn't write down the rest of it, but it's because, like, Camille doesn't have a man, basically. No, no, no. She said, I will never... I would never take relationship advice with Camille because... Um, she doesn't Camille's like Camille's so picky. She doesn't like anybody. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was really interesting that this last episode and this same episode, re- and I don't think this is necessarily the case. I think they're just editing it this way. They're really making it seem like Camille is playing both sides of the fence with Kelly and Taylor. Yeah. Because when she was with Kelly, she was, especially when they were grilling Taylor about like what happened with Sebastian, it was very team Kelly. And now she seems very team Taylor. I think she's just invested in the gossip of it. Yeah. She's kind of a Meredith. But I, <laughs> but I think that if Kelly, I'm sure when Kelly watched this, she was pissed. Oh, she probably cried. She's been crying yeah. since. Yeah, I mean, to have Camille say to Taylor, like, oh, I think you and Sebastian make a good couple. Like, I'm sure Kelly wanted to, like, crawl through the screen. Right. And she tells her the truth. You know, that's that's kind of how, I mean, she is playing both sides, but she's being honest with both of them. And she said, well, I know he brought cupcakes for Kelly, but I don't think they were really that romantic or anything like that. No, I mean, she's not saying anything wrong, or yeah. but she's really just playing both sides of the fence. Yeah. She just wants to know, I think. Yeah. She wants to be in. I also loved when Camille suggested polyamory and was like, yeah. you and Kelly and Sebastian, and I mean, you and Sebastian and Kelly should all go out together. Yeah. So then we go to Kelly's family's house in the Hamptons. West Hampton. Holy shit. shit. It's huge. Huge. It looks like Ramona Singer's Hamptons house three times On bigger. On steroids. Yeah. yeah. It's massive. It looks like a hotel. It's a mansion. Yeah. You know, actually, I, it may even be bigger than Dorinda's house in the Berkshires. Oh, yeah. It looked bigger to me. I mean, it, gigantic, this house. Yeah. And, yeah. So then we find out that Kelly has another sister with cerebral palsy named Chelsea who lives in the Hamptons with her parents. And I'm wondering if that's partially where they got their money. Oh. Do tell. Well, because cerebral palsy is the one that's caused by a doctor's accident during birth. Oh. And so you generally sue the doctor in the hospital. I mean, because remember um, Ryan from Babe? Always talking about his CP money. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, constantly talking, because he is a, such a mild case. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, I have a client whose daughter has cerebral palsy. But can't you just be born with CP, too? No. Oh. CP is the one that's lack of oxygen in the brain generally caused by an error during delivery. Okay. And it's um, always the result of an error, or very often? I think always. I will have to look it up, but I'm okay. pretty sure always. Oh, I didn't know that. So I'm wondering if some of their money, depending on what hospital she was delivered in, like if it came from, oh. if some of their money came from the, the sister. Oh, I don't know. Um, her case also looked, I mean, we didn't hear her speak, I guess, so it's hard to say. 
Um, but it, we see the family having a meal together and Kelly says sometimes when she's around her family and her parents in particular, she forgets who she's talking to because she's used to living in the city. And she tells the story about how she fell asleep watching a movie. And then when she woke up in the middle of the night, it was on the movie channel and there was a quote, hard, <laughs> quote, hardcore porn on in the background, which on the movie channel, that's like, <laughs> if she thinks that's hardcore. She's got a, another thing coming to her. With when the internet is really in full bloom. So then the mother asks her what's going on that day. And she says, well, this guy's coming over. Well, that doesn't sound sketchy at all. She means Sebastian. And Sebastian is also, quote, in the Hamptons for the weekend. So he went home to the Hamptons for the holidays, just like Kelly did. Yeah. And we see him... Just walk up to the house and walk right into the front door. Which really annoyed me. Yeah. But it kind of goes back. And by the way, I looked it up really quick. It's not always caused by doctor's mistake, okay. but majority of the time it is. Interesting. Okay. Um, I did not know that. Um, so I, um, this really drove me crazy, but it kind of, I didn't like that he just opened the door and walked in, but it kind of tracks in one weird thing that I know, and I'm sure this is probably still the case. Um, rich people don't lock their doors. Mm. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Like, um, anyone I know who had, like, a, a couple times I've had very well, and this is my friend's parents, not my actual friends, is when I was younger. Um, like, they'd be on vacation, and I would, like, need something they had, and they'd be like, oh, just go to my house and get it. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, the door's not locked. Like, it's weird. Like, I don't, it's yeah. a strange thing. So maybe he's just used to walking right in wherever he goes. Well, and also, this house is so big that we didn't see a gate, but it could be one of those, and I'm... I'm pretty sure there were. I mean, I drove through the Hamptons like a year ago. Like, it's almost like the neighborhood has a security guy or a gate or something. So before he drove down the street, it's possible that the house was called and they said, like, Sebastian open house coming to see you. I'm sure it's a gated community, but, like, my parents live in a gated community in San Diego and they're my parents and I still knock on the door when I I get to the front door. Well, it's Sebastian. He's a rude dick. And he'd never been there before? I mean, it's, I don't know, it just seemed overly familiar to me and it it annoyed me. No, it's, he should have at least stood at the door and waited until someone walked by and given a wave, maybe be you know yeah. i'm with you so then he calls her house a museum and they go into the pool room to play pool and he says i'm not good at pool and then kelly says in her confessional sebastian's really not good at pool yes he was super bad <laughs> I, I thought it was funny too that kelly seems to think that all guys should just inherently be good at pool she said most guys are but sebastian really isn't yeah and they quit playing because he was so terrible yeah it is kind of I don't know. I don't entirely disagree with her about that, though. It's kind of a dude thing. A high school dude thing, though? I don't know. Some rich high school dude yeah, who probably has billiards. a pool table. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She's probably dated a lot of guys who can play pool because they all have houses that big. Very true. <laughs> so then they go and sit in, you know, one of the million seating areas in this house. And he asks what she's doing for Christmas, and she says Hanukkah. Which is where we learn that Kelly is Jewish. Right. And he says, oh, do you do something for all seven days? And she says, it's eight days. <laughs> and then she talks about how she's never had a Christmas tree, but she's, like, always kind of wanted one. Because a lot of, like, Jewish people are fascinated by Christmas. Like, it's it's a big holiday. It's hard to compete with. It dominates the nation. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I mean, lighting the menorah is so fun and everything. And he's like, is that sarcasm? 
Except she did it really well. She and did she it really well. Say it. She was just like, yeah, it's amazing. We like the menorah. Like, it's a full-on blast part. And he was like, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, so then we get a Sebastian in a confessional, and he says that, you know, even though he's seeing Taylor, he really wants to stay friends with Kelly and that she's a cool girl. And then Kelly's mom randomly comes into the room, I guess, to check on them. It's for the dog to say hi. For the dog, Lily, to say hi. Yeah. And then we learn that Lily's really old, but she's super cute and super sweet, and she has two herniated discs, and she gets acupuncture. Yeah. So. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Lily, super old. Write that down. And then PC is in Cancun. With his boyfriend, JP. With his, with his boyfriend, JP. That is correct. So he's visiting his friend, JP, from boarding school, who I'm assuming was, like, probably elementary through middle. Yeah. Boarding school. And he's probably, like, some diplomats kid or something. Yeah, and so JP... This is what I thought was funny, though, is because at first PC made it seem like JP lives in Cancun, but he really lives in Mexico City, which is not that close. So I, I thought it was funny when he was just like, oh, he's from Mexico City, so he knows everyone in Cancun. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Mexico City makes even more sense to my, like, you know, son of a diplomat or, you know, ambassador or whatever. Oh, no, 100% and makes sense. And they met in Cancun. And there's a ton friend. of moneyed people in Mexico City, yeah. so for sure. But the can like, he was acting like they're next door to each other or something, and they're not. Oh, it's, yeah. But they just met in Cancun for spring break, I guess. I mean, it would be like if I was, like, if someone said about me, like, oh, like, Frank's from D.C., so he knows everyone in Charleston. Like, it doesn't, like, I'm like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It probably is that far, too. <laughs> um, so they, uh, so he, so JP picks a PC up at the airport. Um, they're headed back. And I, let's just establish now yeah. that 100% PC and JP's relationship is they, they're bros, they hang out and they get drunk. And then at the end of the night, when they're super fucked up, they're for sure hooking up. Yeah. So, JP, as they're driving, says, remember that time your mom found me half naked and drunk in your bed? Oh, I thought it was just naked. I didn't realize it was half naked. It said half I said naked. said half naked. Yeah. And then we cut to PC in his confessional, and he says, our relationship, you know, it's just very playful. Yeah. Let's talk about that adjective. <laughs> And then he has a nice segue to being somewhat racist and says... Somewhat? Yeah. Completely racist. Yeah. 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 Reverse that. Completely racist. Where he says the only Mexicans he knows in New York are delivery guys. Yeah. And... And basically says to JP, like, you don't look like a regular Mexican. Yeah. You're attractive. Yeah. And you're you're tall. Like, you should be short. He says, most beautiful Mexican. Most beautiful Mexican, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. PC is in love. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, most of my friends in New York, when they think Mexicans, they think, ew, Mexicans. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand why JP isn't getting more upset or upset at all, because he obviously grew up with this and is probably just used to it by Because now. he went to boarding school in America yeah, and, and he just dealt knows with that it. Americans are gross and thinks Mexicans are disgusting. Yeah. So then we cut to Palm Beach and Jessie is driving her friend's car, which is a Benz convertible. Her friend's and, dad's car. Oh, okay. Kim's dad's car. Which is car. thank you to your dad for letting me drive his car. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah, it was Kim 19. It is surprising for a New York City kid to have a know how to drive, though. I was very surprised, but I'm guessing it's because they all have places in the Hamptons. Yeah. 
Or then because you drive she goes, there. Or maybe she goes to Palm Beach more than we see. Yeah. Um, so then they joke about how she's too New York for anywhere. And then they go to lunch. And this scene actually started off okay for me because Jessie is clearly nervous about this being her last year in high school. And I think senior year of high school is one of those weird times where you know, for the better part of the year, you get to feel like top dog because you're finally a senior in high school. And then you realize like, holy shit, I'm about to be the littlest fish in a huge pond at college. And it's a weird transition. And she basically says, are you happier in college? Like she's kind of scared. And I was like, eh, I remember feeling like that. And then her confessional, she talks about how going off to college is the time to reevaluate your friendships and kind of wonder which will continue and etc. And then Kim talks about how Jesse and PC have, quote, sexual tension. Which leads me to believe that Kim does not know what sexual tension is. Yes. And Jesse actually says, like, no, you're wrong about that. We're like siblings. Because she knows. She yeah. wants to bang PC so fucking bad. And she would, nothing would make her happier if there was sexual tension. And she knows there's not. Yeah. Like, she's at least being realistic. Yeah. But then she does do that thing where she keeps denying it, but also blushing and really wishing that were the case. Well, and I wish she would say that to Kim. I wish she would just be like, uh, like what you're reading is that I am in love with him and he's obviously not with me. Yeah. Well, and she says like, I haven't even thought about it. Lies. You think about it all All the time. All day, every day. Yeah. You're so upset he's visiting his boyfriend right now. (laughs) Um, Can we talk about... What is going on with these girls' heads and faces? Yeah. They all have weird (laughs) moon high faces. Yes. Like cute skinny bodies and weird. What is it with these blonde girls? Like it's strange. She and Kim also kind of look alike. Like at first I was like, is this her cousin? Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. They have the same head. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like if I saw them from the neck up, I would be like, oh, who's that porker? Yeah. And then, but from the (laughs) neck down... They're gorgeous. Like, it's weird. There's also so much David Yerman jewelry yeah. from their elbow <laughs> to their fingertips yeah. on the table. Holy shit. Yeah. Both of them. Like, every finger, there's like six bracelets on each wrist. It's so gross. Yeah. I can't. I don't know. And then we go back to Cancun, and I... I can't. I struggled so much with this scene, too. So, PC is with his friend... JP, I'm gonna fuck that up at some point. They are at a senior frogs, of course. Of course. And he's asking if the water is clean. And this girl tries to dance with him. And she is wasted, and wasted people are annoying. But yeah. she's trying to get him to like cut loose. And in his confessional, he says, This girl wanted to dance with me, and I was just politely telling her no. And he's so fucking rude to this drunk girl. <laughs> But I've, he, I'm with him on this one because he started pleasant at the beginning. Yeah. I was just like, no, 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 I'm, I don't want, and she was like, come on, come on, come on. I mean, I, if I was him too, I would have been like, fuck off. I don't want to dance with you. Like, get away. Yep. And then they offer him a Jaeger bomb and he says, no, Jaeger bombs are for people from New Jersey. Jersey yeah. <laughs> I'm a little shocked he didn't get punched. Yeah. At a senior frog yeah. in Cancun. It's probably yeah. all Jersey. I don't, I don't know. I was expecting... Because they made it seem like the one guy in the bandana, when he said that, took offense. I know. And I don't think that's really the case. Yeah. And then he has this weird transition. He goes, but then I thought, when in Rome? I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. I think that means he finally was drunk enough to not care anymore. Yeah. That's what he needed to, to do there. 
So then we get a scene of Sebastian and Taylor down in Battery City Park, and Sebastian brought a soccer ball. He did, and what really bothered me about this scene, and I noticed it um, when he went to Kelly's as well, this idiot is wearing his new $350 shoes in the snow. I know. Like, it was making me so angry. I saw that too. Yeah. But he says that Taylor's getting cuter and cuter each time he sees her. And he asks her about Cole, and she says she wants to keep her options open. And then there's that other segue of her in her confessional talking about social status and money, and it's sad. And she tells Sebastian that she's bad at relationships, but she doesn't know why. I thought it was very interesting that she has three boy. She's had three boyfriends, and Sebastian's only had two girlfriends. Yeah. Well, he's such a player. <laughs> True. He doesn't have time for relationships, Frank. He's yeah. too busy slaying ass. Um, the other <laughs> thing, like I was, I was not that into this episode in terms of like not a lot happened. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was distracted by little things like him wearing his shoes in the snow, and also by Taylor's very aggressive, dark rust-colored inch-wide highlights. Yes, I just noticed them this episode too. <clears throat> yeah. Skunk chunks. Yeah, they're it's pretty bad. They're kind of in certain lights. They're hard to see. Because usually chunky highlights of that era were very obvious, like Kelly Clarkson, like brunette blonde, brunette blonde. But even that, Kelly Clarkson was before this. I mean, this is even dated for 2009. Yeah. I was even distracted by the two people who ran by. Yeah. Exercising in the snow during this scene because it was boring. (laughs) Yeah, but her highlights are bad, y'all. Yeah, they're really bad. So then she asks Sebastian, what's going on with us? And in his confessional, he says he thinks that Taylor might be something more. But then to her face, he says doesn't... nothing. He doesn't answer. They just kiss. They just kiss. I don't... I feel like something was edited out or we didn't see something. Because that doesn't make any sense. No. Because she didn't even press it. She was just like... She asked him. Then he kisses her and they leave. It was yeah. very weird. He fed her some bullshit and yeah. they cut it. I don't know. So then we get a quick scene of Jesse in Florida... Uh, body be banging. Yeah. She has got a hot little bod. She does. She took off her wrap and... Yeah. Good for her. She's a butterface, y'all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She is. Sad but true. Um, but she calls PC and says that she wants to hear from him. She'll be home on the second and love you. She loves to tell him that she loves him. Yeah, she does. So... Then we get another scene in Cancun on the beach, and... Also, I forgot to mention earlier, I love that in the Bravo world of Mexico for this show, no one speaks Spanish. Yeah, no. Everyone is speaking perfectly <laughs> unaccented English. Like, it is insane. And it was so much so on this beach, where these two allegedly random girls come up and start talking to them, they look Mexican or Latina. Yeah. Or Latinx, I'm sorry, in some way, but... Not a word of Spanish. Yeah. And just start assuming, I, I don't know. Especially because JP is Mexican. Like I know. I, I don't know. So they, PC says that they have a bromance. And then I sort of miss this transition. There are a group of dudes like a little bit away on the beach playing volleyball, right? Yes. So two girls come over and talk to JP and PC. Um... They are basically saying, like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And JP says that PC is bi and is checking out those dudes. And then they flash to a bunch of guys playing volleyball. Okay. And I felt a little sad for PC in the moment. 
It's not that I don't agree or think it's true. His friend just outed him in a really strange way. But see, that's the thing is I don't think that he... I think the friend really... I, I Again, I'm sure that they're hooking up when they're drunk. But I think to the friend, he's not gay or bi and he was making fun of him. He was being like, oh, he's bi. And PC was just like, yeah, I'm bi, whatever. I mean, like, it was all like a bit. Okay. He wasn't really outing... I mean, he was outing him, because PC is for sure by, if not completely gay, I think he's completely gay. Yeah. But, um, no, I, the friend was, didn't, wasn't outing him. He f- was trying to be funny. I'm sure PC on the inside was like, oh, I'm yeah. being seen! But, but that's but, why I felt bad for yeah. him. It felt real. Like, yeah. he got cut. Yeah. Like, he had a, he had a wave of sadness go across his face. Yeah. Like, oh shit, it's really true. Yeah. Well, so then we go back to Kelly's house in the Hamptons, and Lily died. Yeah. And I have nothing more to say about it. They take us to Lily's funeral and I I think we should just, that's it. The dog died. Um, the only things I have to say about it are, I thought it was hysterical that she was having a nervous breakdown about having to give a dog eulogy. Yes. Her parents asked her to say a couple words and she like couldn't handle it. I'm like, whatever. And I think they made the help come. There were a lot of people at this dog Like, funeral. I think they made the help come to the dog funeral. <laughs> there was like, I'm going to go with at least 10 people standing around this dog grave. Yeah. And her immediate family is only five. Yeah. And I didn't even see the sister. No. So. Yeah. I, I think they made the help come to the dog funeral, um, which was at an actual pet cemetery. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. It was rough and stupid. But yeah, I just, I couldn't, I've never seen anyone give that, like, stressed about having to give a dog eulogy before to her immediate family members. I know. Yeah, whatever. So then we get another scene of Camille doing weird stuff at home on winter break. And this one involves having a stylist come over to help her clean out her closet and get rid of clothes because her mother wants her to clean out her closet before she fills her closet with more clothes. Wait, and I thought this was weird. It like was. you would think you would have a stylist go shopping with you, not help you clean out your closet. I mean, I kind of get the cleaning out your closet thing, but it also seems like... That's something you could easily do yourself. Yeah, I could see it. Like, maybe the stylist was helping her figure out which of her older pieces might be kind of timeless and wearable in a new way or something like that. But, like, I don't understand why she couldn't just go through her own closet and pick out the things she didn't wear anymore. That's not that hard to do. No, and I also, I was on her side in this. When the woman, I she, when she's like, she's wanting to throw away a bunch of really expensive clothes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, when she said like my mom's vintage Chanel jacket, like why would her mom who allegedly hired this person be like, yes, please throw away my vintage Chanel jacket like that. And also please stop saying throw away. Please tell me you're selling these things, consigning these things, donating these things. Well, I'm sure that the stylist Stylist. in quotes takes them all and she probably, part of her fee is that she probably sells them. Yeah. And Which then, is in her best interest to pick all the expensive stuff then. I mean, the whole thing right. is just stupid. Right. And then Camille and her got, like, they kind of butt heads and that's where we leave it. Yeah. It was weird. This is a very... I, and Camille, Camille tried on a really hideous zebra print dress that she was insistent on keeping. So it was Oh, I liked it. Mm. I liked it with the leather I liked, jacket. And I liked like the, it with the jacket. Yeah. But when she just had it on without the jacket, I was like, oh, I'd give that away. I liked it with the jacket. So then we go back to Cancun. To Daddy-O's. Yeah. Um, well, this is when he's in the pool and he takes the phone call. Oh, okay. And I have to stand corrected. PC has a good body. Yeah, I told you. He looks like he has a trainer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I have to take it all back now. I <laughs> love that, I guess, because when I was in Cancun, like, the resort had those same, had the same pool. So that, like, all the Cancun, Cancun resorts must have that same pool. Yeah. Um, but I, what I didn't understand is this narrative they were trying to push this episode where it, it, PC thinks that Jesse's trying to become his girl. Like, he keeps saying, like, why does she keep calling me? I'm, she's not my girlfriend. Well, she's your best friend, though, allegedly. So, like... So Jesse called him again and says, you didn't call me when you land. You always call me when you land. And he was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I've just been relaxing. And it's like, no, you've been getting drunk and trying to hook up with your friend. Yeah. And so then he's like, I don't know why Jesse's checking up on me. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. Like, I wouldn't, like, if my best friend Rachel, like, when we were that age, if I was on vacation, if she called me every day, I wouldn't think it was strange. I would just be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. I think it's... Maybe he's on this weird, like, high alert of insecurity because of what's happening with the cute Mexican. Maybe. Like, he's just, like, having an emotional breakdown on the inside that Jesse checking up on him and, like, ruining his big gay week is, like, sending him into turmoil. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. He's kind of acting like that. Yeah. And then, so when you look at the scene at Senor Frogs and then this next scene with the girls, too, he is not in Mexico for girls. No. Yeah, no, he doesn't want to talk to so anyone. Maybe that Jess he doesn't want to hear from Jesse. Get out of my gay fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> so then we go to Daddio's and he was like, at this point in my trip, I just figured, you know, like, what the fuck? And it's like him drinking Belvedere on the dance floor with all of his homeboys. And then they get a table and these two girls come over. One of them is pretty. I thought they were both cute. Yeah. And I mean, they're definitely drunk. I mean, they're 18 years old and they're in Cancun and PC hates them immediately. Yeah. And he says his friend abandons him with the girls, which is interesting. Well, because I think the friend isn't abandoning him. I think the friend is like, oh, I'm going to leave him be and like let him hook up with these girls. And PC's only wants JP's dick. So Right, exactly. He wants to follow that ass. That's what he wants to do. So then he says that the girls are from Texas and he says, that's all I'm going to say. It's Texas. Oh, yeah. He then shits all over Texas, too. So we have now shit all over Mexico and Texas. Yeah. And they ask him where he's from, and he says New York City. And they're like, really? (laughs) I really wish I had been in this exchange, because when he was doing it, I would love to be like, you do know that the birthplace of Neiman Marcus is Dallas, right? Yeah, I know. You elitist snob. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, But he's pretty rude to them. Oh, yeah. And he... He really wishes he could get up from the table, but it's their table. It's his table. Well, and I thought that he, he, I thought he wasn't rude until the very end. And he just said it wrong. Like, he should have said, like, oh, no, no, you guys go dance and, like, I'll be over later. But he was like, you guys go, you go dance. Like, I don't, it was very, like, ugh, like, get out of here. (laughs) Do you know where the nearest gay bar is? (laughs) (laughs) And then we see Camille taking a gingerbread decorating class with her sister. Uh, yeah, and she claims to be very competitive, and she somehow wins? She bets her sister $20 who can make a better one. And I, hers was hideous. Like, for all her talk of, like, structural engineering, I was just like, whoa, that's a mess. Like, I don't... Yeah. And they ask a little girl who's also at the class whose is better, and she picks picks Camille, Camille. so she wins $20. And that's a wrap on Camille doing sad single girl shit over the holidays. (laughs) And then we see Taylor barefoot walking through the hallway of her school and she's 
on her way to her first gymnastics meet and she runs into Cole's brother? Cole's brother, Darren, and his friend Kyle, and they are both 17. Okay. They're kind of cute, right? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought for sure. So the funny thing is they're asking her like, what's up with Cole? But these kids are the most New York sounding kids we've heard on this show oh 100 like yo so tell me what's going on with cole like <laughs> they sound like the outsiders or something compared to everyone else on this show but those are the only notes i have about this she's she's doing that taylor thing she's like i don't know you know yeah whatever so then we get another scene of pc and jesse they're both back from their vacation and jesse wants him to promise that there were no girls in mexico and he again has this confessional. Oh, where, I didn't know promise. I thought she just asked him if he hooked up. I no, didn't miss that part. And she's like, promise. And she loves to drink Coca-Cola. Dear God, girl, your poor teeth. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, I was too distracted by the fact that PC and the editors are now just hardcore trolling us because he picks up <clears throat> her giant pink Care Bear and says isn't this gay pride bear? And she says, yes. And he goes, remember when I used to hump it? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And now you're just yeah. trolling me. Like, yeah. you're just being trolled by your sexuality. Hardcore. Yeah. So then he says in the confessional again, that he doesn't understand why Jesse keeps asking him these questions and acting like a girlfriend. And my question to him is, why are you answering her questions then? Just say, Jesse, we're friends, but it's not none of your business. Like, no, there were no girls. I was not interested in girls in Mexico, but it's none of your business whether or not I tell you that. But see, the thing, that, too, is that if they truly are best friends, which I feel like on his end, he thinks they are. She wants it to be something more. Yeah. He would tell her that. Like, oh, yeah, like, I met these girls, I hooked up. Like, I mean, you would want to talk about your winter break with your best friend. So, yeah, it's weird. I like, don't know. her, the way she's asking is weird. The fact that he's kind of circumventing the issue is weird like the whole thing is just strange yeah and then she says i guess what happens in mexico stays in mexico because she thinks he's full of shit yes and then and they weren't girls jesse so don't worry and then he <laughs> says in his confessional um oh this because is she says kim thinks we like each other yeah she says she i mean in true like high school girl fashion she's like oh kim thinks we we are we have underlying sexual tension isn't that the wackiest thing you've ever heard hoping he'll say like we oh, do actually no um <laughs> but then there is some discussion of you know like 20 years down the line you know who knows what could happen and then he says i could always he said yeah sure i could maybe marry jesse one day but I could also marry a chimp. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, whoa, that was a horrible comparison. Like he wanted yeah, them to cut to, it out yeah, and they did not. Of course it made it right in. And then he also informs her in person that um, she'd be a, she bitch. a bitch if she was pregnant, yeah. which is probably true. Yeah. So would he. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'd both be yelling for what? Nela, the maid. Like that's Nella. What Nella. Yeah. Nella do everything. So then Sebastian has lunch with his dad at Frederick's of downtown. His dad, Jeff. Yep. Jeff Oppenheim. Oppenheim sounds like a familiar name to me. Maybe I should do some more digging about his dad. Um, and I have nothing to say about this. Um, the he only thing I have to say is that obviously his mom is the French one and um, his dad is not an attractive fellow. No. And he told his dad about Taylor. That's the only... And his dad's not even like an ugly rich guy with game. He's just like an ugly frumpy rich guy. Yeah. He didn't even look that rich. Like, I expected him to be, like, dressed 
more to the nines and be a little like because a, a lot of times you see that I feel like ugly dudes who are rich I can like pull hot tail are bigger dicks than attractive dudes like I expected that like I expected yeah. him to be this flashy showy like so like, after what I knew about Sebastian from the bougie bio and the Hampton school and his dad's IMDB this scene I was kind of like interesting ill-fitting sweater baggy pleated khakis yeah like not a super swaggy restaurant hmm yeah I know I was curious so then we are at Taylor's gymnastics meet <sighs> with Vaskin with what Vaskin what is that what Taylor's gym coach that can get it oh sorry I didn't catch his name uh Vaskin is his name and I will be looking for him later oh holy moly the mail just arrived y'all <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just got beat up by the mail. <laughs> I didn't catch his name. Good for you. V-A-S-K-I-N. Baskin. Yeah. I My first thought was actually like, he's a little too close to their age for this job. No, oh, he's probably like late 20s. I, it early just 20s. Took, I took it in a creepy direction. I was like, ugh. Yeah. I'm sure our gym teachers in high school, there are probably some creepers in there. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, actually, the gym teacher at my high school um, married the head cheerleader. There you go. Like two years after she graduated. <laughs> I think I think that proves my yeah. point. Um, so the cute thing about this is where the episode basically ends from the gymnastics meet to afterwards is that Cole shows up to watch Taylor's gymnastics meet and they have a little talk before she competes and he says we're going to hang out after this. And we get to watch her floor routine, which just made me giggle because I've never been to a gymnastics meet. I've only watched it, as I told Frank, like Olympic level. So like when you watch Olympic level gymnastics and they're like, you know, feet in the air and flipping five times and whatever, like it's really impressive. But then like to see a high school girl like rolling around on the floor and pointing her toes, it's just like a little uncomfortable. (laughs) And her team gives her a round of applause because it was her first meet. And somebody, it's clearly very late on, but they're like, oh my God, you got a 6.05, Taylor? She got a 6.1. Oh. Yeah, no, their whole, the whole team got a whatever .035, which yes. meant they were okay. .05 better than the competitions they won. But she herself got a 6.1 because their floor routine was three points better than the other teams. Woo! Well played. Um, but I actually really felt for Taylor this scene because... As much as I do like Cole, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, I felt awful for her that it's like her first meet, and then her ex-boyfriend shows up and is like, choose between me and Sebastian. Like, she's yeah. like, oh my god, this is terrible. Also, tell her after she competes. Yeah, like, I mean, it was just, yeah. I, was, I felt bad for her. The timing is bad. So then after her meet, Cole takes her to dinner, and this is where Cole kind of won my heart, and yeah. Taylor says it in her confessional, too. She's like, well, this kind of shows the difference between Cole and Sebastian, Sebastian took me to a French restaurant where I could only get the green salad and Cole took me to a vegan restaurant for dinner. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is Cole is better looking than Sebastian. Cole is more sensitive than Sebastian. Um, I, I'm just team Cole all around. And he's so genuine. He he says, Taylor, I think we should go out again. Yeah. And she says, give me three reasons. And I actually disagree with her. I think some of them were good. Um, I thought all of them were good. He said, like he said he compromises he compromises she gets along with all of his friends and he fully supports her yeah and she only takes supporting her as the valid one and he was like okay but that still stands where was sebastian at your meet today you want to know the answer he was out in the fucking hamptons Hamptons, yeah he doesn't live here um 
And then he says, she says, well, where do we stand? And Taylor just like, come on, honey, answer a question. You say what you want. She's like, I don't know. Where do we stand? No, no. And he goes, where I think we stand is that you call up Sebastian and you tell him I like Cole. <laughs> I mean, the fucked up thing about this is she is doing to Cole what Sebastian is doing to her. Yeah. I'm curious to see where this goes because I genuinely don't know, but... Well, and she's being a dick because she's obviously only keeping Sebastian around because Cole... I mean, keeping Cole around because Sebastian's keeping her at arm's length. Yeah. Which is... I mean, I think she doesn't really like Cole. I think she's just... He's handy. Um, She seems to kind of like him, though. I just think she likes the idea of Sebastian more. Yeah, and his money. Yeah, because she keeps saying that. But that's where we end. Yep. And then we did scenes for the next, which got cut off again. Um, so we did get to see that once again, next week, PC is going to be late and make Jesse insane. Oh yeah. And he looks super gay when he walks through the door Yeah, with like a beanie and a scarf. And like, I think he's got eyeliner on again. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. It's not hard to look super gay when you are super gay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. What a takeaway. See you uh, That's it. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebe at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>